Love what you hear? Be sure to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash finish the fight for exclusive episodes, insights, and even our D&D adventure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Spartan 117. Anyone hear me? Over. Isolate that signal. Master Chief, you mind telling me what you're doing on that ship? Sir, finishing this fight. Welcome back to Finish the Fight, a Halo podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Reiners. And I'm your host, Alex Kendall. And of course, we have yet another bonus episode for you all. And this time, it's a pretty interesting one because we're we're not even so much diving into the any kind of Halo game, but instead the marketing that has gone around the Halo games. Yeah, and around, around Halo in general with it. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be touching on Halo, the best and worst marketing in our opinions. Mm-hmm. So, yes. so we're going to give you a little bit of background on all of it. If you've been listening to us thus far in our previous episodes, we have broken those down. So you may be familiar with some of the things we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. um, as well as some not. So with if you haven't listened to our Halo 4 and we haven't done Halo 5 yet, we're going to be talking a bit about that, uh, about some of those things within their marketing. And to just give you kind of a general synopsis on what Microsoft, along with Bungie at the time and 343, have kind of put into it and what's worked and maybe what hasn't. Exactly. So let's talk about marketing in modern gaming. As in any business, marketing, the action or business of promoting and selling products or services, including market research and advertising, is the driving force behind a product that targets the audience you are trying to sell to and gives them a look at your IP or company in the best light. Companies spend millions trying to get you to buy the next iPhone and which generic car you should buy with the bow on top. These tactics are not new, but evolve as the culture changes. One industry that has seen a surge in marketing budgets and tactics is the modern gaming industry, more specifically AAA titles. In games marketing, there are various rules of thumb when it comes to what your marketing budget should look like. One option that people start with, especially indie games, is 20-50% to 50% rule. This means that per dollar you spend making the game, you should spend an additional 25 to 50 cents on that dollar towards marketing. Research has also shown that it takes about a dollar to convert one person toward playing your game, the one-to-one rule. For example, let's say I need 10,000 people to purchase and play my game to hit a numbers goal. I would need to spend an excess of $10,000 to come close to hitting that benchmark. Now, this isn't the case for all games, but it is a nice base to start. Games such as Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, and Destiny had huge price tags attached to their development. 
with the majority being marketing and sales. Modern Warfare had, in comparison, a small development budget of around $50 million or so, with a marketing budget of $200 million. And Destiny development costs were around $140 million, with an additional $360 million of a total of five hundred that Activision had promised them, going towards development of the company, marketing, and sales in other aspects. These prices are getting to be the average for major AAA titles such as Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead Redemption, and Tomb Raider, as we see more effort in reaching the wider audiences of today's gaming landscape. Yeah, I mean, it's it's almost like, you know, 60 to 70% of that budget is going into marketing. And then, so, you know, say we have a a game that costs $100 million to make, chances are 60 to $70 million is just marketing alone, which is crazy. Yeah, and a lot of times it's one for one. I know like Grand Theft Auto, like four. So before you're five and before all your online money, you know, it had almost a one-to-one ratio mm-hmm. of, of marketing and production budget. So you're going to see those keep climbing, especially as you get more story-driven games, more single-player games with a multiplayer aspect into it. It's just a lot more assets that have to go into it. I think that's that's where a lot of that $500 million supposedly for Halo Infinite's development is going is marketing. Yeah, it's, it's going to have to. It's going to have to go towards the infrastructure of what else are they building. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting with it. The marketing landscape is ever-changing, and that, of course, includes the marketing for video games. We still see gaming ads on television and in our favorite retail stores, but more and more we're seeing them in the avenues that gamers actively participate in. Mobile ads, paid streamers, Steam sales, pop vinyl figures, loot crates, and the list goes on and on with clever marketing tactics to bring in newer and younger customers to hopefully become that customer for life. And with COVID-19 disrupting all walks of life... We have seen major companies shift how they communicate with their fans, you know, as E3 and other expos shut down this year. We have Microsoft's Xbox 2020 and, of course, Nintendo's Directs that give fans a look into new IPs or expansions and obviously new consoles coming out for both Sony and Microsoft. And with these new consoles just around the corner for Xbox and PlayStation and a large hit in the production and release cycle due to COVID-19, it'll be an interesting year to see how games shift their marketing to recoup their losses. Yeah, and 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 really quick, let's just touch on marketing in Halo before we actually dive into the best and worst. I mean, since day one of acquiring the Halo IP, Microsoft has backed it more and more with every release and an ever-growing marketing budget. So overall... It's estimated that Microsoft has spent two to seven hundred million in marketing for Halo since two thousand one, and probably two thousand actually. Yeah, you know, because obviously you had all this stuff, even close to the nineties of just purchase price and like letting it know that's out there and getting those games going. But yeah, it's it's tough to say because some companies will publicly release some of that info. Mm-hmm. Others have to speculate on it. Because I've seen anywhere that like Halo two eighty million dollar marketing budget. I was like, I don't know if they had that at that point. And then from there, yeah. skyrocketed even more. So, yeah, these numbers will definitely be within that range. But they mm-hmm. they have, as their most successful IP, put a lot into it and have wagered yeah. a lot on it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, remember even when we just did Halo 4, Phil Spencer didn't tell anyone how much they put marketing. Yeah. Like, we, we had to, like, look into a, a few analysts who actually estimated it themselves and that's where we've gotten some of this information from too and you have to figure a lot of that boils down to people not wanting to share it because what if you flop hard Mm -hmm. then you look like an idiot well and then your investors are struggling with it and wondering what's going on and Mm -hmm. now it's public info so you probably won't see that but you will still keep seeing budgets going up and up 
to make you know to test the landscape. I mean, mm-hmm. look look at Apex Legends. Their entire marketing was streamers. The day they released was the day streamers played it. Like that that's how they did their release. Mm-hmm. There was no info on it. There were leaks that no one believed, which I absolutely love. Because <laughs> on Reddit, someone had posted the first map for Titan—sorry, uh, not for Titanfall, but for Apex Legends—the mm. actual like full map. And people were like, "This would be a dumb Titanfall map. Why are you sharing this? They're not doing anything. Like this is just a concept they had." But it was literally—I think it was like six or seven months before. Yeah, someone got their hands on it. Yeah, someone got their hands on it from something, and everyone that respawned was like, "Whoo!" Like, oh, dodged a yep, bullet. You're right. And like, just kidding, it was. So yeah, but, but you see that type of stuff where there's just new innovative ways of using the current market to do it. Now, you know, we, we gave you a little bit of backstory of marketing and video games. Now let's talk about our favorite aspects of marketing that have come out of Halo. So these could be either specific things meant for the marketing or, you know, some ARGs or something like that that really not a lot of people did know about and and sometimes in in my list as well it's not so much the product that i the reason i picked it but the result that it had which i was like wow that was actually very successful i love that and that's kind of what i've chosen as well because some of these were lost in me coming being young around this mm-hmm. time and mm-hmm. not necessarily having a computer to do like some like the args the augmented reality gaming those type of things i wasn't quote unquote around for it i guess you would say but looking back and researching into it and watching some of the aspects of it is really why i chose a lot of these things and some are just interesting mm-hmm. so i'm going to start you off we'll, we'll kind of bounce back and forth so that we're not stale on you but i'm going to start off with some halo 2 marketing with i love bees mm-hmm. so to give you some background i know we've touched on it slightly but i love bees was first advertised by a hidden message in a halo 2 trailer and what you would do is players would then go and investigate this website that appeared to be hacked by some mysterious AI. You know, they're not really sure what's going on. As players would solve puzzles on this website, you would get audio logs, which would kind of tell you this really cool backstory on an AI that was stranded on Earth. And it's just really neat to like see that aspect of just, it didn't have to be there. There was no reason for this. You potentially could have had no one find this. Yeah. And you still put this out there because it was basically these hidden messages to kind of go to the site to then solve these things to do this. Really awesome. And overall, 250,000 people viewed the I Love Bees website when it launched in July 2004 and more than 500,000 every time the page would update and give Jeez. you kind of more things to do. So it's really, really awesome that they were able to do this. And obviously, with innovative marketing like this, I Love Bees won numerous awards mm-hmm. for, for Bungie and Microsoft and the digital team behind it. So it's just I love those things where, like, you you took a gamble. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, we're seeing ARGs and hidden stuff like this more and more where a mysterious message appears in a forum for a Mm -hmm. game coming up, and they have to do all these puzzles. And I mean, you know, by all means, this this wasn't the first, but this helped a lot more companies. Yeah, do you remember mm, a couple years ago, there was an app, it was called, like, The Box or something, and Uh, you just, like, tap on squares to start opening the box up, and a layer would break, and you'd keep going down more and more layers, and it was, like, a social experiment. Huh, no. I'll have to show it to you after this. It's I, I vaguely remember because I, I played it in a little bit, and it's like whoever hit the last square won something. Mm-hmm. Really cool. But yeah, so along with 42 Entertainment, who is the company who produced this augmented reality game, they were also known for a game called The Beast and later worked on a couple more things with Iris, which is Halo 3's ARG that they developed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but what's really cool is this gamble helped bring attention to this new marketing style. 
mm-hmm. of kind of augmented reality. And we're kind of starting to see a lot more of AR coming out in a more accessible function. Yeah. Um, as far as artificial and reality and augmented aspects of it, that's not just different ways to kind of go around the web and do these things. It's just, it's such a neat way to do it. And everyone had bet against it. You know, the Guardian even brought up that, quote, ARGs were destined to join Let's Buy It.com and barcode battlers in the e-dustbin of nice ideas that, you know, never really caught on. So, yeah, you, you take your gamble. You have an educated guess of where it's going to turn out to be. Yeah. But overall, you know, it kind of boils down to your market. Yeah. And I mean, I think Halo fans, uh, let's be honest, Halo fans are really intuitive. And I think you do something like that. And this was, you know, again, before this was really that popular, it was kind of like, you know, it was just a trend that was starting to rise at the time. But you see a success from it because Halo fans, you give them anything and they're going to dive into it and dissect it and put it back together and hang it up on the wall, examine it for a week, you know, try to figure out what. So Mm -hmm. I think. That's why things like this, like Iris and even the Cortana letters and I Love Bees is really successful. I totally agree. So let's talk about some of my favorite marketing tactics that have come from Microsoft and the Halo universe. So first, we're going to start on the top of my list with Hunt the Truth podcast, which was marketing for Halo 5. So Hunt the Truth was something that the Halo fan base hadn't experienced before within the Halo franchise. Season 1 told a captivating story from start to finish, and Season 2 carried the show farther for the most part, but did fall short sometimes with the narrative and the pacing. So overall, I mean, it was really, I think... I love it because it told a great story. You have this journalist who's saying, okay, I work for Oni, and they wanted me to do this puff piece on the master chief Mm -hmm. so he goes and he's interviewing all these people throughout the throughout you know master chief's life and he starts to kind of piece some things together i'm not going to spoil anything but he starts to piece some things together it's clearly oni so he starts to you know something's starting to stink so they ended up doing two seasons of this total and i mean i listened to this about a year and a half ago about two years ago almost i didn't realize the voice talent they had for this so let's talk about like some of the people that they had on here. Benjamin Giroux was played by Keegan-Michael Key. Petra Janik was played by Kobe Smulders. We had Phil Lamar, who is most famously, not really, but he played, you know, he's a voice actor for Samurai Jack. He played characters like Simon Kensington, Tom Wu, and Ray Kurzig. We also had Kumail Najiani, who played Meshach Maradi. Troy Baker, who played Anthony Petrosky, which Troy Baker, I'm surprised it took him this long to get into Halo. Maybe mm-hmm. he's done some previous stuff, but Troy Baker is in every PlayStation game ever. We had Jerry Trainer from iCarly fame as Michael Sullivan. And I will say his performance in season two is awesome. We have Steve Bloom as Paul Gustavuson. You know, Steve Steve Bloom's in everything. He's most notably Spike in Cowboy Bebop. So it was really cool having him be in the game as well. You had Peter Serafinowicz as Black Box. And finally, which surprised me the most out of anything, you had Mark Hamill playing Dask Gevadim, which, if you recall, he was in Halo Evolutions. He was that, Mm -hmm. but he was in Stomping on the Heels of Fuss. He was that prophet guy, or that false prophet guy that ended up wiping out the main character to be alone. So apparently... Oh, oh, you're talking about the Joker? (laughs) (laughs) but apparently he has since returned in the lore and he's this crazy you know he's got kind of his congregation back i guess but really i mean the story as a whole especially season one 
is told beautifully. It's it's an action drama told in podcast mm-hmm. format. So and he's kind of narrating his life as well in between all these interviews oh, cool. and everything. So it's like he's sitting there talking like I'm on the run right now, like blah blah blah. So it's really cool. And again, the 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 voice acting was phenomenal. I th- this did obviously fall short in the sense that a lot of people thought that it gave false pretenses to Halo Five. And it was mm-hmm. more of an insight. But I think it was obviously marketing for Halo 5. But I think it was more of like, do, like take this with a grain of salt. It's just something that's going off on the side. I mean, it's it's kind of like it's before Star Wars rebooted. It was kind of like having a Star Wars novel that told some side questy stuff. Mm-hmm. That was just kind of fun. Maybe tied in, maybe didn't, but kind yeah. of left it up. However, when you have a linear game like Halo has kind of been going along and you're trying to build up for fans, it may fall short. Yeah, because these were weekly episodes, and I remember a few things happen in here that really kind of change, like, if it would have been true, it would have been, quote-unquote, this changes everything kind of thing. So, you know, that episode ends, and everyone starts making YouTube videos about, oh, did this really just happen, and et cetera, et cetera. But, I mean, overall, I think if, again, look at it as a standalone piece mm-hmm. of Halo Media, it's great, and, you know, it... And I threw it in here because it was a marketing piece, and I think it it served its purpose well. I thought it was just phenomenal. If you haven't listened to it yet and you have, you know, it'll take about four or five hours total between the two seasons, but check it out. Definitely. My next piece is probably the video I've watched the most out of any Halo content. I remember it coming out and being like, this is what I've always wanted from Halo, this is what I need from Halo, and this is what Halo should be, is Halo Landfall. Halo... You stole that off my list, by the way. No, 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 no. <laughs> this, is, this is mine. So this was directed by Neil Blomkamp and... Or Blomkamp, am I right? Blomkamp. Blomkamp? Neil Blomkamp. We'll go with that. But famous director who's done, like, District 9. Uh, he did Chappie. And obviously had to cast uh, DeAntford being uh, South African with them as well. So threw them in Chappie movie if you've, you've <laughs> never seen it. I haven't, but I know they're in there. But yeah, so you put this together. This was kind of the work kind of towards the Halo movie that ended up just being pushed towards marketing towards Halo 3. Because mm-hmm. it's it's beautifully done. It's, it's a live action trilogy of short films that explore at the beginning kind of like a really cool facility that is is building out and distributing all this UNSC Oni gear that's going around, which is really, really cool. It's kind of neat to see like this assembly line of warthogs, mm-hmm. of BRs, of like all this stuff going out. It's really cool. Then it kind of breaks out into a skirmish between UNSC forces and Covenant brutes. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing it's it's so well done because it's it's just so chaotic. And it's all it's all quote unquote found footage. So yeah. it's like it's like helmet cams. It's cams from drones, mm-hmm. cams from the AI that's around there. Yep. So kind of what we end up seeing in like Reach and ODST in various portions of it. How they tell the story through that mm-hmm. a lot, yeah. So we're seeing that here for, I guess, kind of the first time. But yeah, it really gives the greediness of war. And I thought the Brutes were actually done really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, because if you, if you sit there and you pause, you look at them. This the CGI is so so, but how they do it and how they space it and how you only see the brute for a second or two, or if you see a brute, it's through a drone camera, yes. or something like and, that. And, and, and that is expertly done. Like I said, the found footage aspect, not a professional mm-hmm. shooting this, not a documentary. It's it's through helmet cams, it's through base cams, and I, I remember like, like this is what I want. Like this yes. is, this is my Halo movie. 
yeah, like give this to us for an hour and a half. Yeah. yeah. Let them talk from time to time. But I mean how it was shot and, and even the actors itself and everything, like when a guy gets shot, it's believable. And, and like, yeah, it's believable and screaming like the, the dude who takes like, I think it's the, the stomach in the warthog and the other guy who takes a uh, mauler shot. To uh, the arm, spiker. a spike. Sorry, spiker yeah. to the to the arm, and like mm-hmm. they have to like cut it down. Yeah, and he's like screaming while that's like, happening. That's so cool. And like while that's happening, you realize why they were signaled out there was you have one guy who's shot and he's on the ground. He was receiving medical help. Flips open the uh, case he has next to him, and it is basically like a target designator. Mm-hmm. And he is looking through it, looking through the scope, and is tracking this debris that's going down. Yeah. Well, we eventually learn that's this is quote-unquote, kind of the prequel to Halo 3. Yeah. Because it's it's it starts, you know, Johnson eventually finds you in, in the start of Halo 3, and this is like the tracking so that Johnson can go find out where you're going to land. Yeah, because it, they never say we're tracking Master Chief. You just see, isn't it say like 117 mm-hmm. on the target, and he says target's acquired, and they escape. Yes, uh, and then they get out of there, and it kind of fades to black, and they also have, of course, finished the fight in there. Yeah. You've got, you've got to throw it in there. But yeah, I, I just thought... It was so well done, and it's it's honestly better, once again, in my opinion, opinions differ, than some of the mass-marketed stuff they produced. Yes, absolutely. I think it was also short and sweet, and there mm-hmm. wasn't – you know, like we talked about with Forward on to Dawn. We want to show a humanistic side of the war. So we saw that with Landfall because it's it's some ODST and – I think a Marine or two, I could be wrong, but it's it's ODST. They are humans. They're getting picked off left and right by brutes. At one point, you see a chieftain just mowing through and playing with one of them, really. Mm-hmm. Like, that is as human as I, I think it should be next to a civilian eating their breakfast and getting shot in the face by an elite. I mean, I think, again, how it was shot, found footage and whatnot, I think it was... You know, pretty. It's like it's a nine point nine out of ten for me. Yeah, it's it's. Once again, there hasn't really been because I, I wouldn't call this low budget, but like low fi like found footage. There hasn't mm-hmm. really been much of that that I've been truly impressed with for gaming, at least. Yeah, you know, there there's so many beautiful trailers out right now, and I absolutely love. I almost love a lot of game trailers more than I want to play the game. Yeah, I remember you text me about uh, uh, Valhalla. Oh my gosh, like, I don't know if I want to even play Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but it's so well done, and it's so beautiful. It's the same thing with, if you guys haven't watched the new League of Legends uh, cinematics they put up for Legends of Runeterra, it's so well done. And once again, I'd rather just watch the League of Legends show. I mean, they have that coming out, right? They have some stuff coming out with it, and... I'm excited for it, but I don't want to play the game. I just want to watch this stuff. <laughs> exactly. I, I do want to say, let's also clarify that this is kind of technically a short film, really. It's not so much a trailer that it is like a short film that was kind of released as marketing for Halo 3. I got this for you. What do you got for me now? All right. So, and this is weird because I don't drink it, but Mountain Dew Game Fuel. But here's the thing. I don't drink Landfall either. So, <laughs> not too weird. <laughs> Touche. No, I... I didn't know until we did the Halo 3 episode that Game Fuel actually spawned from Halo 3's marketing. Like, I didn't know that because I I just remember, you know, I got into Halo around Halo 3, but I wasn't there really for the launch. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I do remember my friends being hyped about it. And I remember going to my buddy Wayne's house, you know, around the end of high school. 
and it was just bottles and bottles of gamer gamer fuel. You had those aluminum ones, like those really thick ones yeah. that they had released. And the fact that it's still around today, clearly we see it more with Call of Duty now and everything else. But to like, but to really start a trend in soft drinks as well, mm-hmm. you know, because that's it, it's like equivalent to Taco Bell's Baja Blast. Yes, like, and especially it also even kind of like started the meme of like, oh, got got my Mountain Dew and my Doritos, like we're good to go, and that's kind of what started that partnership. But for me, I, and I love that because I, I do work in marketing. So seeing something, again, that was supposed to be just a marketing thing, and, and all of a sudden it's now been around 13 years later, and they've nuanced it, you know, and now it's it, it's just absolutely its own thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's super impressive because, you know, that's the equivalent of, you know, if the Halo 4 pizza or the Halo Combat Evolved pizza would still be around today. Like, it took off... And it's, you know, it started its own branch within Mountain Dew itself. And God knows how much, you know, money they make in general. But just from that partnership with Microsoft and them saying, create a drink that revolves just around Halo itself. Mm -hmm. But they were smart enough to not just call it Mountain Dew Halo 3. They called it Game Fuel. (laughs) Because I don't really want to go pick up. You want to pick me up a Halo 3? (laughs) (laughs) No, and, and, you know, good on Mountain Dew especially. Like, if there's one... I guess soda brand, if you want to say that, one soft drink brand that really knows their audience and mm-hmm. really knows how to push a product, it's them. I mean, going back to the Baja Blast, going back to Gamer Fuel in and of itself and the energy drink and other stuff that Mountain Dew has pushed and knowing their audience, knowing mm-hmm. who drinks their stuff, knowing that it's not someone who loves polar bears carrying around little glass bottles. <laughs> <laughs> but it's your hardcore gamer. Yeah. Yeah, we ain't no polar bear. We... <laughs> I don't want no... Coke. <laughs> I want my green stuff. <laughs> but but I do think it is really impressive. And I mean, to this day, you know, I'm part of a few Facebook groups that, you know, talk about uh, uh, Halo and whatnot. And occasionally seeing people who like have like old cans that they kept and even those really thick aluminum cans that mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure my buddy still has, you know, 13 years later. I think it's really cool because it is like you have these mementos from there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just such a neat thing. And I always I, I love swag. I mm-hmm. love marketing materials, so like I'm a suck. I, I had way too many at one point where like I had to like start selling stuff off and giving it away or just like you know parting with it because I just love yeah. to keep all those things. I used to be really good friends with the GameStop up the street from where my dad's house was, mm-hmm. so I would get like every pre-order thing without pre-ordering it. <laughs> so I had like thirty statues and like all these like different swag things because I would just go in and like hang out and like because we I I used to play Halo with these GameStop people who were like. 15 years older than me, but like we get on some Halo, we play around, it was great. I get some free stuff from GameStop. It was awesome. It's called rapport, baby. It's called rapport. <laughs> build your rapport with them. <laughs> so let's talk about what's next on your list. My next one is a very general term, but I think that thus far, Microsoft, along with Bungie and 343, have handled it well and have really given a taste to the audience. Is there public beta tests? Mm-hmm. Now, this can be the term public can, for me, can either be something that's exclusive where you have to buy something to get it or you got it in a code or something, but it's still within the public. Yeah. So, so take that. It's not just like these flight tests they're doing right now, but it's the stuff of like, you get exclusive access to do this. Play these two maps that we have yeah. for multiplayer. Play this and get to experience it. Because I remember jumping into those and oh, what's that snow level on Halo 3 where there's two Covenant bases you can go underground? I don't remember that one at all, but there's, there's, there's a mongoose on it. That you can get that's way out there. There's a ghost in the middle. It's great. Tell me what it is. I forget. But that was a that was a test map, and there were so many other cool ones that really bring me back to that. 
and just giving fans a taste of it and be able to jump in and experience yeah. it and give a little bit of feedback and have all these launches with it. And I think they've done that really well. And it really builds rapport with your audience Yes, to be able to do those beta tests, to be able to, I guess, feel like you're part of it. Yeah. You know, especially as a kid growing up where like Halo was my life playing games. I'm like, I'm part of Halo. Yeah. I'm helping the levels. I'm a bungee employee. I am Halo. (laughs) I am Halo man. (laughs) So it was just cool to see those things. So I I really enjoy when games allow that. And I think so many more are doing that. I mean, some are paid, you know, on Steam. Uh, You have early access, quote unquote, which is basically you're paying for a beta of a game. Yeah. Which I do on occasion if I really want to support them. And you get a discounted rate, so when the game launches, you don't pay full price. You paid whatever your discounted rate was. Mm, okay, so I've done okay. that for some indie games, but never for AAAs. They should do the thing. However, <laughs> if you are playing Call of Duty Warzone right now, you're still in a beta. So yeah, keep on, keep it on. Yeah, and I mean, I remember really uh, the the first Halo beta I ever played was Halo Reach, and I remember you know I I had played so much of the Halo Three campaign because I maybe touched two of those. Halo 3 matches and the rest mm-hmm. was all campaign. So, you know, just that that art design was engraved in my head. And the first time when I played Reach, my friend and I played so much Invasion. And I remember just being, like, awestruck because you just get down this thing to you is very new. Yes. But then to find out right across the corner, you get all these updated graphics and gameplay and these mm-hmm. new weapons and this new game type. And, and you really – you're just – it's just awesome. Like it, it's mm-hmm. one of those things that is kind of hard to put into words. Be like that first time experience. You know what I mean? So it, it is. And and you know I forget. I'm going to coin the syndrome eventually. But you know how like when you get older, mm-hmm. as a kid, games were like everything. You could play yeah. for 40 hours a day and have no regrets. And now you're kind of yeah. like, I mean, I could pick it up, but. Nah, I got stuff to do. Yeah, I have like a bunch of games I haven't played. I yeah. want to. But so I, I miss that childlike wonder of mm-hmm. jumping into Halo and just sitting there midnight release with all these other guys at like GameStop right up the street where I went in. Yeah. I, I was always VIP there, so you know I was first. <laughs> and uh, just be able to get this stuff there and like go home with my friend Jake and be able to just play this like all night. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. skip school the next day because I'm a cool guy. And just play Halo the entire day. Like, like I love those times. And and to touch really on that idea of like you know being exclusive or anything, you know, in order to do the Halo Reach beta for the most part, you had to buy Halo Three ODST. So mm-hmm. again, that was kind of a marketing thing where they're like, oh, you have to buy this game, but no one else is unless you're the owner of this game. When we covered you know Halo Reach, we know that they were actually giving away a few, but overall, kind of that asterisk, no purchase necessary, but we will give privilege to the people who purchase. Yeah, yeah. essentially, yeah. But I just remember my buddy had ODST, but again, it was just, it was super cool at the time. I even played the Halo 5 Guardians beta for mm-hmm. a little bit. I got my ass handed to me and I just went, nah. <laughs> and I, I, nope. did, I did also play the Halo uh, Wars 2 beta, and I remember I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I don't even think I made it through the match. I think I just bounced. But, but It happens. <laughs> but moving on from that, a lot of some of mine are food-related, I'll admit. But the next I'll, one, I'll say close to half of them. Close continue. to half. I'm very hungry right now. I haven't eaten in about three hours. But with that being said, the next thing I want to talk about, and I already brought it up a little bit earlier, is the Combat Evolved slash Halo 4 pizza. Mm -hmm. So 343 Industries and Microsoft would break traditional Halo marketing when it came time to marketing the new age of Halo games, and this meant going out of the box from time to time. 
Literally. <laughs> Sometimes it meant creating a pizza based off the games, but not really. You know, they were jokingly said, this is the Halo 4 pizza based off of the pizza. This Combat Evolved pizza is based off of that. One thing I love, though, is that reading the reviews for these, you know, people were being cheeky about it. When we did Combat Evolved mm-hmm. uh, episode anniversary, they, you know, the reviewers at one point said, you know, it tastes good, but it doesn't taste like the original Combat Evolved. <laughs> yeah, see, it's it's so, I love when people get in on that. And I mm-hmm. love when stuff picks up like that in gaming and becomes memes or trends and stuff like that. Because it's just so fun. It's it's an inside joke that you can share with millions of people who understand that joke. Yeah, and I mean, what's what's crazier to me is, I, granted, I didn't know about this, and it was, these pizzas were UK exclusives. Mm-hmm. But I remember at one point I posted it on our social media, like, yep, there was a Halo 4 pizza. A bunch of people were like, what? Mm-hmm. Because it, and, and it is weird that you do get those exclusives because both of these were UK exclusives. Yeah. I don't know why. For whatever reason, maybe they just thought... The market in the UK responds better to video game game pizzas pizzas than they do in the US. Well, first of all, I think anyone in the US just loves any kind of pizza for the most part. So, I mean... Well, no, I take that back because I bought a Valentine's Day pizza this year. That was not shaped like a heart. I remember I tried to go a few years ago with an ex. We tried to get one from Pizza Hut and Mm -hmm. they were just like, no, we don't do that. I was like, well, can you? They're just like, no. Mine was an attempt. I'd rather just have the whole circle. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so and that's why pizza video gaming stays in the uk <laughs> <laughs> and that's why valentine's day is not good for pizza no terrible pizza day honestly you should probably do like the solar like winter solstice well i guess not winter solstice probably summer solstice because that's the most sun so it's the most circle <laughs> what that's the best holiday to get a pizza for oh my Uh, you know i will take your word for it and i'll let you talk about your next pick for the top marketing Uh, unfortunately it is not food related but it is still european related okay and mine's for some halo 4 marketing and it's a small piece we touched on and they've done this through a couple iterations and this of course would be for the gutenberg castle uh which is in Liechtenstein. Uh, and it was like this small party that for some reason was organized for some fans who for some reason were there. And on October 31st, 2012, Microsoft and government-owned organization Liechtenstein Marketing transformed the countryside of Liechtenstein for a special live-action event for fans and members of the press. The Gutenberg Castle was transformed into a military fortification where guests tried out Halo 4 for the first time. A nearby countryside had a United Nations Space Command military camp installed. And Balzer's Quarry was transformed into a battleground where 15 actors played out a two-hour-long adventure. Terrible, terrible piece of marketing. Because no one was there for it. Yeah, except for like, <laughs> Yeah, except for like anyone in Liechtenstein that was there or you know, like members of the press and stuff. Y- so, they did fly some people out for that. I do so, remember yeah, reading it, that. So it's still super awesome. But I love that there was... No need to do that. No. None at all. And like to like work with like the marketing for the country to be like, we're transforming to just make this happen. I'd be like, yes, <laughs> we are doing <laughs> I this. I didn't realize that countries themselves have marketing. I know states do, but I guess Liechtenstein is so small. We have to figure like most countries are the size of U.S. states and like it's still true, broken yeah, out. There's still, a, yeah. there's still a federal market for the U.S. Mm. and call propaganda that we have. But um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so, I mean, it was just really neat to be able to see that. And and I just, I love when things happen like that. There's just serendipitous things that 
once again, you didn't have to do this. There was no reason to do this. So it was just mm-hmm. really cool that they're like, we're going to transform it. Press come out. Locals come out. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so on to, uh, on to a, um, well, f- apparently not food-related for your next not one. Not food-related. I oh, will sorry. See. It's not food-related. I might bring up food, though. <laughs> so some of my favorite marketing tactics from Microsoft in general revolving around Halo are live-action trailers. So Microsoft knew that in order to convey that sense of realism in Halo, they needed to show fans the world of Halo in live action, starting at Halo 3, all the way to the recent Halo Wars 2. Fans have been treated to serious and comedical trailers that made fans become even more invested in the oncoming Halo titles. So really, I mean, we, we and we've talked about this as we talked about the marketing, but I think, you know, starting with Halo 3... Live action's more that sh- you know that short movie, but then we had like those memorial ads where mm-hmm. it was fifty years after the human coming at war, and really like it shows all these old soldiers. You know, yeah. it was broken apart, and they're in the the you know the the, the history of humanity, and they're also going out and they they're visiting like the memorial where Chief is and whatnot, mm-hmm. and really conveyed that sense of emotion. There was no action. There was there was nothing. It was just. It was like a, a like a war documentary, really. Like, and I thought that was really awesome. And you know, moving on from that, like, we are ODST. That that two minute clip of a guy training to become an ODST, yes, and then almost dying at the hands of a brute the second he gets dropped for the first time, and then we see him as an aged soldier years later. Also, it, and this is really this is such a weird out of a box thing that Microsoft did. But the Halo Wars two live action trailers were were nothing to do with the game. It was it was um it was Captain Cutter and Atriox, but they found themselves in like weird comedical situations mm-hmm. where like Cutter was trying to get a, a car from Atriox for a cheaper deal at a car dealership. I remember and, these. And same with like Cutter was trying to get the arm on the shared armrest on like a plane. So stuff like that, and you and I have talked about it, like you know, breaking out of that norm, like, yes, we love the serious stuff, but you give us stuff like that, it's hilarious. Same with, like, there's a Taco Bell uh, ad at one point for Halo 5. Like, of course, like, buy this burrito box and get extra XP. But stuff like that, like, occasionally as serious, like, and, and as, as you know, hardened and serious as Halo is as a series, Give us that non-canon comedical stuff where... You need to break it up at some point to, mm-hmm. like, not take yourself seriously. I know they've done it with Kratos from, like, the God of War series mm-hmm. and doing, like, everyday life stuff with him. Mm-hmm. Especially, yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, so I, I love when they take those really serious characters and his blood and the gore that's in, and then they put them in this, like, nice little neighborhood. They do the Doom too, And that's yeah. why I love the goofy accidental crossover of Animal Crossing and Doom just being on the same release date. Yeah, and, like, fans were, like, banding together. Yeah, you know? and to, like, just create this, like, cross, like, fan-made marketing. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, they didn't have to do anything. They're like, oh, Nintendo, oh, you know, ID. Like, how's it going? Here yeah. we go. And just, yeah, like, let them do their thing. And, like, it because those are polar opposite games. And fans banded together because people were making shorts of, like, characters mm-hmm. from Animal Crossing killing all these demons and... Also, Doom Guy watering plants. Yeah, like, it was just, it was such a neat crossover. And I love that because both games, as far as the fan base go, could not take them, didn't have to take themselves seriously. Yeah. They're like, I know I'm playing a living at your house simulator, and I know I'm just going through and just murdering demons, and they're both fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they accepted one each other mutually. Mm-hmm. And 
my next point in my marketing aspect of it is not so much actual marketing from Microsoft, but from outside sources that really pushed people towards Halo specifically. Well, it didn't start at first. Years later, you know, Microsoft were like, you need to be in everything. Yes, and, and they were eventually looped in. But mm-hmm. that, of course, is Rooster Teeth Red versus Blue. You know, originally started as just a goofy project to play around that actually gained some traction when they started showing it to friends and family and started to get some outside sources with it. Mm-hmm. They were able to be, one, one of the first people to really really maximize Machinima, I would say, and yeah. really be able to market it and profit off of it. And obviously, as the games kept coming out, there was a closer and closer relationship with Bungie and with Microsoft, you know, even getting their own custom consoles so they can, like, put their guns down again mm-hmm. and, and yeah. other things you couldn't do in these other ones and custom games and getting insights on, you know, how would you guys do this and even had voice acting in the game. So I think for having the perfect time for it to come out with CE and to really push that and be funny and whimsical, like we said, in a game that is serious and it is Mm -hmm. sad and it is, you know, gruesome at times to have this goofy kind of offset thing that plays throughout all of Halo. Yeah. And I mean, you see these appearances throughout the games. I remember, you know, one of the biggest ones is in the second mission of Halo 3, if you go down the hallway, you can see that's a few guys from Rooster Teeth acting out a scene where mm-hmm. one of them's trying to get in, and that continues, you know, uh, there's some... This is, the, this is a password scene? Yeah. Under the door? And then there's, a, a, a you know, cameos from them in Halo 4 Spartan Ops as well. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's so crazy that Microsoft looped them in and, you know... Oh, oh and they, they know what they brought to them for mm-hmm. nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely Microsoft... Gave them all the tools they needed. And, and mm-hmm. we're like, how can we make you happy? Yes. So, I mean, they, they both were have a, you know, a symbiotic relationship that worked out in both ends. Yeah. So let's, you know. Let's get back to uh, food. Let's get back to food. Indirectly, but still directly. <laughs> Indirectly, but branded by it. So, you know, we had the Halo 4 Mountain Dew King of the Hill game that we had just recently talked about on our Halo 4 episode. So the format of the game itself seemed rather silly. But like anything related to Halo, it had competitive nature that actually had fans working towards capturing 7-Elevens all around the nation. So, you know, we talked about as you go and you drop off supplies there and there's leaderboards and you're fighting for the territory Mm -hmm. of that um, that 7-Eleven. And the reason I included this on the list, because it's silly. But the fact that, you know, there was a 99% conversion rate for someone who yeah. who went to a 7-Eleven using that app, they were going to buy Doritos or a Mountain Dew. Like, that is insane. That's that's numbers that you, you, you wish, or like in school, you're like, the perfect marketing would be this. And it's like literally what that was. And they're like, yes, son, I got it. I forgot who it was. Someone commented on our YouTube video and said... Uh, this game walked so Pokemon Go could run. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You know what? Maybe. I don't know. But I do think, I again, I included it on there because it was so successful. And I think it's because legitimately Halo fans can be very competitive. Even down to, if you were to give two Halo fans a rock and a stick and say, whoever comes out of this wins, someone's going down. I mean, it, it not really, but the idea that... that you know, it's really competitive, and I, I loved that idea that, you know, people still latched onto that. Mm-hmm. Same with, like, I, I like Pokemon, and I really don't care about it, but then when I go to battle in gyms when I'm playing Pokemon Go, I get super competitive about it. 
Mm-hmm. Got to keep that ride going. Uh, or we're, we're almost done with your list, correct? Yeah, so we're getting down to some of my honorable mentions, because I know you had a lot on the list that I agreed with, so I, you know, I let you have it. I'm a nice uh, guy. I appreciate it. Thank you. But I want to throw my honorable mentions up there. And these are things that I'll go into a little bit, but are kind of self-explanatory mm-hmm. um, with it. And the first one I have is the Halo Infinite trailer. Yes. I haven't really been that excited in Halo for a Halo game in a while, and I thought they did so well even just the minor details of like chief's heft mm-hmm. and like the ship actually shakes when he drops and thick boy just thick boy drops <laughs> that's all we need and uh yeah and, and just like like our pilot and just getting him to talk and like have more lines than anyone ever to kind of convey just a normalcy and surprise and shock and mm-hmm. it's stuff that you get in beautiful story games that i think we're getting here so i'm really Really hoping some of that translates over to Infinite, and we you can still have the Halo you like, but a much better story is wrapped around it. Yeah, that isn't just go here, circle. Oh, go here. Oh, punch, punch. Oh, we're done. Cortana sucks. <laughs> well, I think even like two things that stuck out for me in that trailer was when he wipes the ice off and we see Chief mm-hmm. floating because mm-hmm. you don't expect that, and you hear the piano. And then also when Chief says we need to fight and just storms off and the music plays. I mean, you want to talk about 343 hitting the nail on the head. They did it with a sledgehammer. They did it so well. And this is going back to the idea of I Love Bees and all of those is having that QR code in, in Chief's visor and just little details and really hearkening back to, to the OG kind of Halo vibe of how they want to market. Exactly. And they knew they had to do something like that. I mean, you, you've been holding out for a while, you know. We were just supposed to possibly have a live action trailer. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. But, or not, sorry, not live action. I apologize. Um, gameplay mm-hmm. and, and looks into the game. But I just think that was just so well done. Yeah, I left more questions up, but I think that's really what you want. You yeah. want the audience to keep talking, to keep digging, to keep figuring things out, and to keep going with it. So I'm very excited about that. And my final honorable mention is one we don't see anymore, and I don't think really any games are game manuals. Yes. You know, my biggest ones were Halo CE and Halo 2. I loved seeing the weapons in there and the breakdowns of them. Yeah. And the one thing they did so well with CE is, one, they didn't spoil some of the weapons that you kind of find throughout. Two, they didn't spoil the Flood. Yeah. So if you look back at it, at the CE manual, they talk about all the Covenant they talk about the UNSC, they talk about ODSTs, they talk about all this stuff, but they never once bring that up. And I'm like, that's so well thought out. Mm-hmm. You know, and I was reading some stuff online. They were talking about, you know, some of the differences between the shock and the awe of some of the newer, like four and five, and compared to CE. And, you know, c- kind of comparing the flood to the Prometheans, how they marketed it. Yeah. You were just kind of giving it and seen it and they also got in the books and people kind of thought it was coming didn't know but the flood changed gameplay too yeah it changed how you had to play it changed the weapon styles and what weapons worked well and Mm -hmm. so yeah the 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 manuals for me are and i miss it all the time from every game i love looking back at older games that i've had or finding a manual and like you know your your junk drawer yeah and just reading flipping through it i'm like oh they'd like these really cool descriptions for each character character art and now you get some of that in the art books or some of the breakdown books they sell. Mm-hmm. But it was just so cool to get that little tidbit with the game you bought. Well, I had a buddy who wouldn't play a game until he read the whole manual mm-hmm. first. So he would have a better understanding of the game itself, which makes sense. Yeah, and, and that's why I really like they didn't put the flood in. Because if you have a friend who does that, that jumps right into the manual, 
Oh, it's spoiled. Oh, okay, there's gonna be flood. Yeah. All right, so I'm I'm ramped. You know, I, I like some stuff. I'm gonna get into some not liking some stuff, but let's let's wrap your uh, your love list. So we'll do. I think this will probably be my favorite piece of marketing uh, in general, and then we'll go into my honorable mentions. And and this is a very general thing, but Halo Three's marketing itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was amazing to talk about it when we did our Halo Three episode. Go listen to it, by the way. But the idea of just how much hype there was, everything they did had such a positive reception. When you had you know down to the to the Starry Night trailer. And and even those live action trailers we talked about, and, and and landfall, and all this stuff, and game fuel, like a lot of my favorite things came from Halo 3's marketing itself. Yes. We even had the Halo Three Zune, like come on, goofy. And they knew Microsoft. They even said to the employees, like, "Here's your infinite budget, get it? Yeah. But no, here's here's your budget. Like, do it, and we'll we'll make sure it's it's everywhere. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you saw that same like that partnership with like Burger King and everything, mm-hmm. like. And it wasn't, it was just everything surrounded the hype and it worked. It yes. absolutely worked because seriously, since the second fans finished Halo 2 in 2004, they were very eager to see what Bungie was going to give them. Because mm-hmm. remember, Halo 2 was supposed to be the last one. So yes. they had to cut that third act, make that into Halo 3. So there's this, you know, this idea that I think also really, I think Microsoft could have, not hyped it up as much as they did and probably still done fine, but I think they just they rolled with it. Yes. And again, you have trailers like Starry Night, which in my opinion is one of the greatest Halo trailers of all time, and it is a minute-long trailer. That's it. It starts, you know, with Chief, uh, or, you know, he's not Chief at the time, it's John, and he's laying in the field talking to uh, just a girl, and they're like, what, four years old, four or five? And yeah. they're just talking about the concept of aliens, and then no, all there, this, do you think there's life out there type thing? Yeah. yeah. Do, 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 do you think, think we're alone? Yeah. Do you think we're, wa- you know, are they watching us? We're ever going to meet them. And the next thing you know, Chief pops up and he's fighting these aliens. Like, mm-hmm. you know, in, in to convey all that in a minute, to convey a message well, and the irony in it too. And the beautiful shot of them panning over to the helmet mm-hmm. and like having it in both instances is just mm-hmm. so, so neat. And even like a subtle, as he's putting on the helmet, you hear a little girl say, time to go. Like, mm-hmm. Such crazy stuff. And I mean, it, that that was my feelings for about 99% of anything that Microsoft did when it came to the marketing of Halo 3. I think really, you know, clearly we've had games that have sold more, but Halo 3, in my opinion, was the most hyped Halo title. Like, period. Like, yeah. clearly, yeah, Halo 5 sold more, but that hype, I was still, you know, in the Halo fan base. I dipped out for a little bit, a little afterwards, but like... There wasn't that amount of buzz that there was for Halo 3. No, especially for what they put into it. And obviously you've had franchises keep growing. So obviously Mm -hmm. you're going to have newer fans, newer fans, newer fans. So to have this and just launch it, it's just so incredible. Yes. So moving on, let's talk about my two honorable mentions. The first one is the Halo Reach Clippers that were just randomly sent out to people that just had, you know, uh, we are Noble Team or NobleTeam.com on it. I love guerrilla marketing like that. Oh, it's it's so fun stupid stuff like that and those are the things it's it's very much like your streetwear type stuff it's mm-hmm. like edgy ironic like <laughs> street clippers or clippers with some halo stuff on it could cut your hair with them i've and i've tried to find them i can't find them anywhere online <laughs> for sale so god knows how many there are made and then finally there is a combat evolved doormat yeah for whatever reason i love it i, I love it when you see 
weird products that shouldn't exist. Well, yeah, but it, they it, have a Halo on them or it's something. It's so like when the package guy comes or your friends come over, they know you're a real gamer. <laughs> they know who you'd be. Oh, okay. This guy could have like a Call of Duty floor bat, but he doesn't. No, he's, he's a true real gamer. I appreciate this guy. Now we're going to move on. So we've, we've wrapped that up and there's still plenty to talk about. And I'd really love to know what you guys remember or love about the marketing. And obviously, as we get through this, what you've hated about it. Exactly. You know, you know and let us know where you think we're wrong, where you think we're right. Uh, just I want to create this discussion because I, I love marketing. I love advertising. And like Jesse said, I love little weird gorilla things. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to know if you have some of this stuff, if, if you know some of this stuff, let us know. Let us know. So now we're moving on to the worst. The cream of not the crop, <laughs> the worst. So I'm going to start with one that not a lot of people might know, but I hate whenever transactions of money and privacy get involved with things. And that would be one of the first things is Halo, with Halo 4 marketing, Microsoft partnered with American Express. It's like every League of Legends thing ever. Yes. And so Microsoft partnered with American Express to offer a promotion for eligible cardholders in the U.S. and the U.K. Cardholders who sync their American Express card with their Xbox Live account receive coupons and credits and are also rewarded with additional credits and coupons for obtaining achievements in Halo 4. I just think it's gross that... Your credit card, your kind of source of income, is pulling these details on you, and like mm-hmm. you have to attach the thing you spend money with, and then you need to protect your credit to yeah. your Xbox Live account. It's just it's another avenue to lose your identity, to have stuff happen, and it's just yeah. it's just weird. That's why you should live off the grid. Well, <laughs> but yeah, it is weird because you know for years we know that you know. They use that information through yes. and through, and they do things like this to get your information. And that's not a tinfoil hat thing. That's a very real thing. Yeah, and, and to me, it's so fellow kids. Oh, yeah. hey, gamers, we're here too. We're American Express. We just want to. We just want to see your good achievements you're doing, right? <laughs> you're getting the ones where you got you killed the guy. You got the gun, right? Yeah, good you, for you. Yeah, the Halo guy, right? Here's He's, a here's a penny. Yeah, so I, I just give us your credit card information, yes, kid. I just don't like that. And to date this episode, Mixer, Microsoft Mixer, just announced they're closing and they're partnering with Facebook Gaming. I really don't like that either. I don't like Facebook, mm-hmm. and now. If you want to use that service partnered with Microsoft, potentially, they haven't really announced everything yet, but you'll potentially have to go through Facebook for it. There might be Facebook on your console you have to do, but we don't know. It's speculation. However, I do love that I wish I was one of these streamers that partnered with Mixer because now Microsoft's like, oh, we're gone. Also, do whatever you want now. You got the money, son. Like They're allowing like Shroud, Ninja, and all those just to leave. They can go back to Twitch. They can Uh. go to Facebook. They can go wherever they want now. So they worked what? A couple months, yeah, half a year, got a huge. Oh, they 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 get none of the money back. So whatever they they they've earned, they've earned. They literally don't have to work another day in their life. Yeah. So I want that, but yeah. So I just don't like the pervasiveness of these kind of predatory things that are in our lives that some of us have to use. I mean, if you have American Express, you've got it. But I don't want coupons. Like, oh, I'm going to Kohl's. I got my 40% off because I got this sweet achievement, Kohl's guy. <laughs> um, like, cool dweeb. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's, that's it's a tame one, but it's something that I think just it doesn't need to be in the realm of it. That's fair. So let's talk about mine that's not so much a morality thing, but it just sucked kind <laughs> of thing. Yeah, so basically for me, it's Ford Unto Dawn slash Nightfall because, you know, we talked about – 
Microsoft and 343 Industries say, you know, well, this is kind of marketing, but really it's a standalone media release. Mm-hmm. We're not looking at the, you know, whether or not we make money on it because that's investing into the franchise. That's called marketing. That is called marketing. Yeah, it was just, it was because I have this on my list as well. And it's kind of just one of those like PR things where like if it does poorly, oh, it was just something we tried. And if it yeah. did well, it's like, oh, yeah, it's just, it, you know, you know, we didn't really put much effort into it. We're just really cool. It's not marketing, but, you know, we're investing towards you guys seeing what the company's like and mm-hmm. getting customers, but it's not marketing. Yeah, and, and for me, why they failed and why I dislike them is because, you know, we, we did our Halo 4 on the Dawn episode, and, and really, the, it, 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 neither one of those movies are good whatsoever. I'm calling the movies another web series. They're not good. The stories that are supposed to, like, tie you into these characters – you know, really, it's kind of like this story that you're telling us does not connect to when we meet these characters in the games whatsoever. It's almost like they just wanted to spend money and tell a horrible story at the same time. So they're like, oh, look at that. We'll make Ford Under Dawn and Nightfall. And I think that's that's my main issue going back a little bit is the tie into the games. Because they're, they're, you know, you know we, we, we see Chief meet these people. And yeah, you can have the excuse of it's been years. Chief might not recognize these people or, or have met them again. But it's the same way, like with Romeo in ODST. Yeah, and it's like, oh, you okay? All right, that sounds good, man. Cool. You got a, a freaking hammer to your stomach. I will say that that Frank O'Connor at one point said that for Nightfall, it's not supposed to be a story tie-in, but a character tie-in sure. for Locke. But that still doesn't mean that there was any tie-in. We just saw that he did this one thing off to the side. That loosely connects to Halo 5 if it doesn't at well, all. And all you have to do with it, tell a whole story. It's a whole side story. It has to be nothing about the main game or anything, but end it with a tie-in to the game somehow. Yeah. Like him meeting up with the team or him going in and doing this, like something related to it yeah. to then get you interested in why they're tied in. Yeah, and it just like really, it didn't make me care for... You know, lock it all because it was still a stale, boring story. Mm-hmm. And, and both of them were really clear. Oh, Forward on a Dawn was a little better than Nightfall, but they both fall short, in my opinion. And that's why, really, I think, and they are pieces of marketing. I don't care what they think because one of them was called Halo 4 Forward on to Dawn. Yeah. Don't tell me that's not marketing. It is. I mean, it's, it's a short, it's still anywhere within that. So, like I said, we, when we talked about this in our episode, there's definitely pluses. Like, they definitely did really well some of the CGI. They definitely did really well some of the aspects that are visually appealing. Mm-hmm. But like, the story's kind of weird. And Chief does a really dumb slow-mo jump that I hate so much. No, it's the coolest slow-mo jump I hate ever. It. I hate it ever. so much. That's, that's, that's like, you know when you watch a bad movie? Yeah. You're like, that sucks. I'll just finish it, though. But then you get to that point, that point, you're like you're, the chief jump where you go, come on. You're testing me. Come on. Like, I was willing to sit through this, <laughs> but come on. How bad do you want me to turn this TV <laughs> off right now? Yeah, like, you're not even ironically bad now. You're just trying to be good. But, man, what are you doing to me? What are you doing? But let's talk about – actually, I don't want to talk about the next thing you have on your list. We can skip over that next so thing on the list. So the next list. thing on my list – oh, how'd this get on there? Uh, Halo Reach, the worst thing about Halo? Oh, that's kind of weird, huh? No, I just slapped – I knew I was going to put that in there. No, it's, it is It is the – the. we're going to marketing. It turned me off to Halo, so – Worst piece of marketing out there. That's a stretch. That's a stretch, sir. <laughs> You're trying to get a rise out of me, and it might work today. 100%. But I'll, I'll move on to my next one, which is it's it's another silly one that not a lot of people remember. 
I didn't know about this because I had to ask you before we started recording. I was like, I, what the hell is this? It's it's such a dumb little thing. But so when CE was coming out, you know, you had your Macworld trailer mm-hmm. when originally Apple was going to be with with this. Then as they make the transition to Microsoft, they're putting out – they put out two comedical trailers before a real one. But fans had really thought this would be real ones. And this one was a machinima version of the Budweiser commercial was up. If none of – if all these youngins who are listening right now, if you have not had to experience it, here's what early 2000s comedy was like. <laughs> but please go look it up. It's just the whole was up like Budweiser commercial, but redone and dubbed with Machinima Marines and an elite and Master Chief. And it fits, I guess, Bungie in a way. If it's Bungie, if it's 2002 gamer culture, if it's kind of everything. Yeah, but like looking back on it, I'm just like, oh man, this is this is what we did. This is like this grandiose multi-million dollar project we have going on with Chief in a cool desert robe in Halo 5. <laughs> and then we got this. Yeah, like, uh, remember your roots, folks. Remember yeah, your th- roots. Is, this is pretty much the awkward high school, middle school age of, of Halo. Yeah. Look up, like, Halo CE was up trailer or was up, you know, ad, whatever you want to look it up as. You will be disappointed, but just go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so jumping back over to me, Halo Reach is not on it. Oh, that's but, weird. <laughs> so I have books on here. Now, let me explain myself because I know one person just went <gasps> while listening to this. And I'm going to say, sir, calm down. Ma'am, sir, calm down. Sit down. Let me talk to you real quick. Okay. So books, as you know, are marketing for the games because even now with 343 Industries, Frank O'Connor said it a million times. Games are kings. They're not. Yes. Halo is a multi-media you know, media franchise. Dimensional media. Yeah, I'd mm-hmm. say so. Transmedia. But – at the end of the day, how much money are they making off books versus the games? Well, think of it as Star Wars. Mm-hmm. The movies are the bread and butter. Obviously, they've, yes. done, they've done extremely well on every other avenue. Mm-hmm. But that is your roots of the canon, and it expands out from there. Yeah, and books are made to market that. I mean, look at Shadows of Reach coming out. We have Chief's New Armor. We have Blue Team back. You know, we're supposedly going to get some insight supposedly maybe into Halo Infinite. There people are going to be flooding to that and reading that to yes. get any kind of thing. Same with with Bad Blood, Halo Bad Blood, because that's post Halo 5. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, they are marketing for the games because it might I guarantee there are people who picked up the books and said, I want to play the games now. I, I remember I showed our Uprising episode to my buddy and who re- he's a huge, huge comic nerd, and he said, I want to play Halo now yeah. because I because of this episode that you guys said, I loved this story. I want to go play Halo now. And I told him, it's never too late. But, you know, it's the same thing. So you are trying to reach some markets and appeal to other ones, but you're also trying to give some insights into those games because really that's where 343 Industries came in and said, you really want more insight into this game, you should read this book. And we saw that with Halo 4 as well already, you know, with the didact. Who is, you know, I never read the books when I went into Halo 4. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is this? What's going on? And, and you know, Josh Holmes said, yeah, we kind of left too much to there. And it's the same with Halo 5 too. Yeah. There was a lot. If I hadn't played Spartan Ops, I would have been infinitely more confused. Like, luckily, I did play Spartan Ops. But there comes a point in time where Bungie, you know, 
they made those books as kind of a nod to the games and a small insight and a small preview. So, like, remember the end of First Strike where the Prophet of Truth says, go get that that elite mm-hmm. that let the Halo ring die? Little things like that. Because at the end of the day, Bungie gave you that backstory to who he was in that first cutscene and let you know, oh, he was the guy that was in charge of the ring and it exploded. Like, Yeah, and, and I think they've done really – Bungie, in my opinion, you know, growing up with the books as well, did very – did the fans justice, I would say, in giving some backstories on characters, giving backstory on Johnson, giving mm-hmm. backstories on Keys, you know, whether it was with Harvest or whether it was in Cold Protocol, like having those things, even if you didn't like that, because like I know a lot of people comment with Cold Protocol, oh, it's not main story, has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about it. Yeah. I don't need a book to tell me the story of the main game I'm playing. I just love that I get to see what Keys was like and his, his comeuppance and... And just really mm-hmm. neat aspects of it. So I just thought that was done really well, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, of course, 343 has put out books that, that don't have anything to do with the game. True. And that's fine. But when you have a reliance on these books yes. to go, you know, if you've never played a game and you go, Blue Tunes here, think about this. You, you know, if you've never played the, uh, never, uh, or if you've never read a book and all of a sudden, you know, you don't know who Blue Team is. No. So all of a sudden... Oh, I thought Chief was last, Spart- last Spartan. Who are these people? They're talking about basic. What? Yeah, they're talking about Nome as a kid. And you're like, but I thought the Spartan 2s were gone. I thought he was the last of the yeah. Spartan 2s. Then we had the 3s and 4s. That's that's what the Bungie did so well was they they catered to those two separate audiences. They catered to the audience that never read the books but yes. played the games. And they catered to the audience that played the games and read the books. And they made it simplistic. Like, you don't want to think of like, oh, we ran to Spark- Spartan 14. We ran to Spartan 192. We ran to Spartan yeah. 101. It, it's kind of like, he's the last guy. You're here to save Earth. Yeah. And, and Bungie, in my opinion, if Chief had found, if Chief was ever meant to find out that the other Spartans were alive, it would have been in a game. Mm-hmm. Like, he, they wouldn't have just brought in Blue Team randomly. Like, like they there or it would have been mentioned somewhere, you know. But they mm-hmm. clearly knew how they advertised him, so that's where I I see this. I don't know separation between really how I think that the marketing should be done when it comes to like books. It should just be insights and nods, and, and it should be material that supports the games, mm-hmm. not material that's that needs to be read to understand the games. Yeah, and be like, who is this person? Who is this person? Mm-hmm. So totally agree on that. And I think we actually both had this too. And I think we'll kind of wrap this together. You know, overall, I would say Halo and Microsoft have done extremely well mm-hmm. marketing the game, whether it's through their trailers or their products or meet and greets, things like that. I think they've done very well. There haven't been insane pitfalls, I would say, that, that has damaged yeah. it, that has hurt the reputation uh, significantly. Um, but our final wrap, is an expertly done marketing campaign that misled a lot of fans. It was for the wrong game. Yes. That's what I feel like it was. It was for the wrong game. And this, of course, we're talking about the Halo 5 marketing. So huge, huge budget put into this. Some some amazing cinematic trailers. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I mean, the one where you have Locke facing off with Chief, but... It's Chief shooting him or it's Locke shooting him. Yeah, it's like that vice versa. And they're it's, both like narrating it. Yeah, and, and and to see like Chief go through town and have to skip over civilians who are mm-hmm. dying in these buildings to get where he needs to go. 
was so beautiful and mm-hmm. so well done. And that brought the hype, boom, right up to the top of Halo again. Yes. And then when fans played it, they go, what was that? Yeah, and also as well is they didn't tell fans that Chief was not the star of the game. They did the opposite. They insisted Chief is the star of the game. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where... You know, I jumped into Halo Five a little later. I, I watched the I watched a lot of the trailers. I never got an Xbox One originally. Mm-hmm. I was I just was kind of off consoles. But when I went back and played it and rewatched the trailers again, because I wanted to get that hype. Like, mm-hmm. the, yes, I'm, I'm I'm back at it. It's kind of like whenever you hit like the CE music and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I can do anything right now. <laughs> yeah, and so watching the trailers, I'm like, oh, it's gonna be really cool. Like, there's a lot of different landscapes we get to go to. There's yeah. a lot of, and so you know, maybe that's the night the naivety in me. But when I jump in, I'm like. I don't really get any of that. No. And and again, it was just this weird idea that 343 just thought it was okay. I mean, whenever we cover the episode, I'm sure we're going to discover some re, you know, rewrites or something like that. But just, they kind of felt like let's make, they, they, they marketed this game to be this epic battle between Chief and Locke. Between two Spartans, which yes. we hadn't seen before. Yes, so really you get something that's going to be epic. I mean, literally cities are going to get torn down. Like, it's just going to be nuts. Yeah, because the only real insight we have, quote-unquote, before this is Halo 2A. Yeah, we're... With a little bit of the intro trailer where you see, like, the elites are with a human. Yeah, the the bookends uh, that they did where it's just talking to Arbiter about hunting Master Chief, which we could even dive into the idea that the Arbiter looks a certain way. He's that certain elite, and mm-hmm. then in the next game, he's a different elite for whatever reason. But, but yeah, no, it, 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 it is. It bookends it. And it goes through it, but yeah, like I said, I, I would I want to play that game, and I don't I. I think overall, what they did with the trailers was not a Halo game, like having yeah. having Chief for some reason wearing robes, and I get that that's metaphorical. It's like yeah. Chief is standing up for all of humanity against the Didact and the Prometheans and the Guardians. I I get the metaphor. You don't have to add us about metaphors and what they meant by the ad but they never really said that they were kind of like here's your game yeah you get that thing and you're like okay he's searching for cortana or something now we have him battling a spartan i guess i'll forget about cortana at this point and no wait she's actually you know one of the main characters but chief isn't because he's only in two missions what yeah and it kind of harkens back to what i said about like ce manual Mm -hmm. he didn't reveal the flood in this, they revealed yeah. Cortana's the bad guy like immediately. Yeah, like she showed up and was like, "Chief." And, and Halsey, even Halsey, she's like, "Yeah, Cortana's bad now." <laughs> Chief, come with me in heaven. It's fun here. Yeah. So I, I wish they just handled it a little bit better. You know, I don't think you could have made it. You know, a, a crazy moment or like you know a twist, but you could have at least hindered some of it and tried to lead yeah. your audience elsewhere instead of just being like, "Here's story. Here you go." She's she's bad. Oh, by the way, she's alive. No one's questioning this. Yeah. She's just alive. We're we're diving too much into the story, but, but, l- but let's yeah, but, but come like, back to the marketing. Yeah, but within the marketing, it just kind of dives you off there. So like I said, the cinematics are beautiful. I think they did very well in doing the marketing. Yes. I just think it misled audiences to a point. Now, if you if you didn't read any, which everyone does read into it in the Halo fandom, but if you didn't read anything into the ads, and you just go, oh, this looks cool, good game. Yeah. I'll just play whatever they give me. 
yeah, I mean, I think you'd probably be fine with that. But I think a lot of people, like, that's like if I watch the Valhalla ad. Yeah. And you have him, like, battling these guys and see, like, this main bad guy. Yeah. If that just happens to be them not Vikings and yeah. selling and, like, doing a whole different area. Yeah. So, so you know, I, I, I have high hopes for Infinite coming out. You know, like, like I said, that was one of my things. I, I love their trailer. Like I said, I love the Halo 5 trailers. I just think the unfortunate end product just didn't live up to it. Well, yeah, because we also talked about, we picked some of the stuff as it connected or what did it do? Did it do its job, really? Mm-hmm. Same with, like, the King of the Hill Mountain Dew game. Yeah. Like, it did its job, but this... Yeah, because if we had done the King of the Hill thing when it came out, we'd go, this is the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. But it worked. So we'll be excited to see, you know, with the 2020 event in July, I believe, that we have coming up. Yeah. So you guys will already... It'll be already be July when you guys listen to this. But with that coming up and with some other marketing materials, and then when Infinite launches, we'll see how all of this led up to it and really what we're going to get. Because I will scream at this point. But yeah, I mean, as I said, there was that disconnect. It was, it was, it was advertised for a different game. If it was a game where, yeah, maybe 50% of the, the campaign was Chief running from, from Locke and, you know, Locke with an army was hunting him, mm-hmm. you know, then that would have been a cool game. But that's not what we got, sadly. But that was kind of what was implied and advertised. Yeah. So that's why, really, I mean, and again, the marketing for Halo is phenomenal for the most part. That's why our lists were so short. And this was the one that we both put on there and we both agree. And that's why we have to say this is probably the worst marketing to ever come out of Microsoft and 343 Industries. Yeah, it's 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 one of the the most, like I said, once again, to reiterate, one of the most well done in terms of art form and storytelling within those ads. Yes. But as for the product they're trying to sell, it yes. did not land. Exactly. But that is the best and worst of Halo marketing, according to Alex and Jesse. Yeah. So obviously the definitive opinions, you cannot disagree with us. You can't. If you do, uh, you're wrong. Yeah. Or you're 100% right, <laughs> which is more than likely it. Uh, but yeah, like I said, in the middle of the episode, let us know. Let us know on our social channels what you think. What's your favorite stuff? What's some stuff that you think that we've missed earlier on or that mm-hmm. you own? Like we'd love to see photos of some cool stuff that you own mm-hmm. or any of those things. So let us know. And as always, this episode was voted on by our awesome patrons from our Patreon. Yep. So they decided it for this month, and they're voting on the next one now. So, Oh, this next one. It'll be interesting. But yeah, so like I said, an amazing way to support us, if you can, and help us out is through Patreon. Um, we have some awesome stuff on there. Uh, you can check it out. We'll have the links all over. Uh, but as always, want to thank the awesome patrons that we do have. And we'll start with Alejandro Harmio, Angry Canadian. Baby Z, Brandon Reshatar, Brenton Bagley, Charles Zitter, Cowan Funk Feliciano, D Gamer twelve ninety eight, Dilfix, Duststorm, Graham, Grant Dillon, Harvey Chong, James Yervasi, Jonas, Colonel Panic, Tactics, Dragonfire, Mister Cholf, Quantum Easy, Skyjack, that LL Gamer guy, and Z Z Slipaway. So thank you guys so much for the support, and thank you all for listening and and sticking through this with us. That Patreon list is getting longer. 
We're coming up on 25 where we will have to do a legendary stream yes. of Combat Evolved. Where I will have to do a legendary stream with Jesse. <laughs> and we will see if we survive that. But yeah, that was the best and worst of the Halo marketing over the years, starting all the way back from 2000 and all the way to, what, 2019 mm-hmm. because of the Halo Infinite trailer. I mean, even up to 2020, if we're talking about some of the stuff we're seeing. But yeah, as far as that goes, like all the yeah. way until present. Yeah, exactly. So again, as Alex said, tell us what you think. Uh, you know, message us on social, which you know that social could be either Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. If you want to know, you can comment on YouTube. Uh, you could also join our Discord. It's free for any and all. You know, we welcome anyone who wants to come in and talk about this kind of stuff because. It's fun, especially with marketing, Mm -hmm. because Alex and I work in that field a lot. So, you know, if you do want to join the Discord, the link will be in the description of this episode. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, you can't find it for any reason, please message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and we will gladly give it to you. Yep. If you want to listen to us, you know, however you're listening to us now, if you're saying, I want to listen to you guys on iTunes or Spotify, go right ahead. Spotify will help us out a lot if you go there. And if you do want to leave a review, please do it on iTunes, because it does help us rank. Or mail me a letter and let me know your review, and I will read your reviews on the next episode. Please do that. Yeah. Please do that. I would love that more. If, than if you guys actually want to do that, let me know. You can PM either Jesse or I, and I'll mm-hmm. give you an address to send some stuff to, and I will gladly read some handwritten, beautiful comments on the next episode. Exactly. And with that, I am your host, Jesse Reiners. And I am your host, Alex Kendall. And thank you for listening to Finish the Fight, a Halo podcast. I think we're just getting started.